Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, good morning, my friends. Welcome to Off the Shelf for this Saturday. January the 28th is actually the last Saturday in January of the new year, 2012. And as always, we're here at 11 o'clock in the morning contacting and reaching out to you and connecting with you from the city of brotherly love, none other than Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. For those who it's your first time tuning in to Off the Shelf, I want to introduce myself. I'm Denise Turney, and I am the author of the books, Portia, Spiral, Love Has Many Faces, Long Walk Up, Rosetta's Great Adventure, and my new book, which will be out in just a few weeks, Love Pour Over Me. Until Love Pour Over Me comes out, you can actually go to my website and get free excerpts of Love Pour Over Me, and you can go there. And if you want even longer excerpts than what's there at the website, you can when you go to the main page, just click on Love Pour Over Me, and you go right to the excerpts. If you want longer excerpts to read, you can just email me, which you can do through my website, and just say you want more of Love Pour Over Me, and I will send it to you for free. More, 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 more excerpts from it. The book is over 300 pages itself, and I encourage you until Love Pour Over Me comes out to pick up a copy of Long Walk Up. Long Walk Up. I, I, I cannot stress this enough. It is so moving. And inspirational and motivational. You get to follow a little six-year-old African girl as she deals with uh, uh, being an orphan after her mother passes. Her other family members have already passed of malaria, which is a very common disease in different parts of the world, or that has been. And you get to follow her through these hard these hardships that she experiences. And unfortunately, her story isn't that unique for that part of the world. At six years old, she's doing what some adults don't even do in other countries. And you get to see her incredible end. You get to see what happens to this little girl because she never gives up. And one of the scenes deals with when she goes into a village and she meets a very kind woman with children. And she she gets comfortable. And you get to see what happens there because she has to reach her destiny because it impacts Millions and millions of people. It is a it is an incredible story, and one of the the uh, events that in her destiny, after Long Walk Up was published, actually happened in real life in Africa. And you can pick up a copy of Long Walk today by visiting www.chistelchistell.com. Again, that is chistell.com. You can also get a copy of Long Walk Up today by visiting any, and I do mean any, online or offline bookseller. That's Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kid City, Walmart, you, you name it, any bookstore. And if you don't see it on the shelves, if you go into the, the brick-and-mortar store and you don't see Long Walk Up on the shelves, or and if you don't see any of my other books on the shelves, just ask the clerk for it. All you got to do is go to the main desk, ask the clerk for it. Tell them you want to get Long Walk Up by Denise Turney. And they can order it for you because all of my books, including Long Walk Up, is, are carried by the largest book distributors in the world. So, and again, I want to just want to tell you my new book, Love Pour Over Me, will be out shortly, and I'm excited. I'm excited. So it's, it's getting reviews and blurbs now, and, 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 and I will share those with you as soon as they come in. And for today, I'm waiting for our guest to dial in. We've been on now about probably about four minutes, and I was told yesterday by her, uh, 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 the woman who was putting on her book tour that she would be on today. So I'm going to wait a little while, and uh, I'm going to be creative and come up with something until she dials on something that is good good for you, something that benefits you. And I'm also looking in my email even as I'm talking, so you could you could tune in while I'm my email, probably not what you assigned on to do, to see if I got an email from her or from uh, the person who's putting together her book tour. And book tours are good. I, while while I'm waiting, I I know what I wanted to want to say. I have been doing off the shelf now for going on eight years. Eight years. Wow. And it's it's amazing that it it it's gone by so incredibly 
quickly, but it has been eight years. And I wanted to say to you, to particularly the authors and the publicists who represent authors or anybody putting on a book tour for authors or any, any anything like that, when you schedule uh, events, this is actually not even just for authors, if you also own a business, or you don't even own a business, but you tell somebody you're going to be somewhere at a certain time, write it down. Write down the date and the time that you say you're going to be someplace because our schedules are so full and we get so busy that is it is so easy. And it's happened to me once, I have to tell you. Only one time did it happen to me because I usually write it on my schedule uh, when I have an event coming up. If you don't write it down, I'm telling you, so much will come up before you know it. And I know this from being uh, supporting somebody in human resources for years at a large firm. Before you know it, you've double booked yourself. Uh, I'm sending them a message. Please contact her and tell her to dial in ASAP. <laughs> uh, if I don't hear from her, uh, may cancel. May cancel today's show. I have to think. Um, anyway, when you, whenever you have an event that's that's that you schedule, write it down. And I say that for this reason. We get excited, and I've seen this after nearly eight years in radio. And I've also done television and magazines and newspapers where I do feature interviews on people that gets them, I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands to millions of people, exposed to millions of people and thousands of people. I've seen where people get excited when you say, uh, I want to feature you in a magazine or a newspaper or they generally with off the shelf people will contact me. I haven't really reached out to other guests in years. I just get so many people who reach out to me and say, "Can I be on the show?" Yes, people are excited. They are excited at the very beginning of something, and that's almost in everything in life. Whether it's relationships, whether it's you just you're just starting on your new book and you're telling yourself it's going to be the greatest book that was ever written and published and it's going to sell a gazillion copies. I think that's good that we do that, but we have to maintain momentum and follow through. We have to maintain it, even when we don't feel as excited because emotions change. They change. That's just the way that goes. So we get excited. We call. We schedule interviews. We we schedule to attend certain events, and then we don't write it down. And time goes on, and life goes on, and the ups and downs of life. And then we're not so maybe not so excited anymore, or we forgot. We forgot because in the moment of excitement, we forgot to do something critical. And it could be just as simple as taking a calendar and writing down that you said you were going to participate in a Saturday literacy program where a group of adults are going to help other adults who who are illiterate or children to strengthen their reading skills, and you didn't write it down and you don't show up because you totally forgot about it. That we don't want to do. I, I was just talking to a, a gentleman at Bucksmont. Speakers Bureau, and he said that one of the things that people know with their their speakers, and they they always get speaking engagements, is they know that their speakers have been vetted. They know their speakers are experienced, and they won't get up for an hour and give a sales presentation. They know they're experienced. They know they're professional. They know if they say they're going to be somewhere at a certain time, they are going to be there. And he said that... That is the way to handle handle business. Now, for the guest today, I have never directly spoken to her, and I always, always, always say, I don't have any clue why the guest hasn't dialed in yet. It's been almost 10 minutes. Perhaps, I don't know, 
the the person who scheduled the book tour wasn't in touch with the author as much because that can happen as well. And the author might might have forgotten, but they might not have gotten the reminder. I always send a reminder out at the start of the week. But I know the person handling the book tour was aware. So I, I'm I'm going to say I have no idea what happened. For all I know, the guest could have t- gotten ill. The guest could have had automotive problems. I've seen that happen. We had a guest who did dial into the show, but about 15 minutes late. She said, "Denise, I had a flat. I was on a, I was on the uh, interstate. I think it was I-95, coming down. Was it from Pittsburgh toward Philadelphia? And she had a flat, and and she had to stop and repair it. And she's like, I got this interview. What am I going to do? So I I did what I'm doing now. I just kept moving forward, trying to give my guests. I, I always try to give my guests value and benefits and value and benefits and value and benefits. And and she dialed in and, and she said, thank you so much uh, for being gracious while I had to wait for her to dial in. And I just was happy that she was okay. Had another guest who went out of town and I forget what happened where she told me, I'm calling you actually from a college event. Some event must have just came up and she dialed in. And that's one of the benefits of the internet internet radio rather than in the in the older days, gener- uh, couple, you know, several decades ago, if you did a radio interview, you had to drive into the radio station and and conduct the interview in person. And I had a friend who did that who had a radio show and you drive in the snow or whatever type of weather it is. But now with the internet and with technology itself, even with radio stations that are predominantly offline, you have technology that you can connect with your audience from home. So technology and the Internet, those are those are they're absolutely wonderful. Like you can go to the guests that we have on Off the Shelf. You can go to their websites, and I always say this, you can go to their web pages on the Internet, whether you're using your mobile device to connect or cell phone or landline phone, however you're connecting a chat room to the to, to Off the Shelf. You can go in. And connect with the guests, check out their website as they give their interview. And a lot of guests, a lot of authors in particular, although we have other guests on our show who are not authors, we've had a, a international um, jazz musician on Off the Shelf, people who are creative, who create their own products and their own work and then share them with others to, to, to the benefit of many, many, many other people. Um, um but most of these people have excerpts of their work. Like I have excerpts of Long Walk Up at chistel.com and in my other books. They have excerpts of their work up where you can go check out their work. We had a guest on S. Renee Smith who I really, really enjoy. Uh, she's a, a, a public speaker. I was talking about public speaking earlier. And she's worked with some major, major corporations and organizations and colleges and universities where she speaks. She has YouTube videos up at her website, and I'm telling you, just just uh, uh, two minutes of watching her YouTube videos, I, I personally have walked away with learning things that I, the way she presents it that I hadn't gotten it before. And again, her name is S. Renee Smith, and 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 so you can go on and you can check out these things even as you listen to the guest as they appear on here on off the shelf. So I want to 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 tell our listeners who are authors who want to publish their first book whether they do it through a mainstream publisher or traditional uh traditional mainstream same thing publisher and those are the uh, uh Simon and Schuster's, the HarperCollins, um the Random Houses. These these traditional publishers if you want to go through the Kensington if you want to go through them and generally to get in with a major publisher, you would need uh, to get a literary agent. I'm trying to – I'm adding value, adding value. You would need to get a literary agent. And one of the one of the ways that publishers and literary agents are actually uh, picking up authors and authors are getting the attention of these people is they are putting out some type of work – on their own. So whether it's a, a a compilation of poems, short stories, uh putting out work in an anthology and that that work in in the anthology, perhaps your work 
receives a, a, a wealth, a large amount of reader comments, and particularly reader comments that express readers' appreciation for your work. Those type of things, literary agents, their job is to scour. Uh, it's like a um, when you think of a literary agent, you think of a, um, a athletic um, uh, scout, and that's that that's part of what literary agents do. They're looking for talent, and publishing houses is is as often as we hear that there are uh, from the Balker and Balker uh, Company and other organizations that track ISBN numbers, which is a books like a book social security number, the identifier as they track the sales of books and how many books have been published uh, in the United States and around the globe and other various countries, you can, you might think there are just too many books out there for me to publish a book and it get any attention or for me to publish a book and it, it, it mean anything. But that's that's not the case. And and the, the, the evidence that that is not the case is simply this. Literary agents... And, and they're earning a living, so that should tell you that there, there is even more talent out here. So if you have a drive to write a book, I would encourage you. If it's a drive that won't go away, it comes back, it goes away, it comes back, it goes away, I would go for it because literary agents are like athletic scouts uh, for college teams, professional teams. They are looking for talent. They're looking for if it's sports, they're looking for like the next LeBron James or, or Kobe Bryant or, or Dwayne Wade or one of these guys. They're looking for that. They're looking for the next great female WNBA player. That, 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 that the college teams look for that. That's how they the University of Tennessee women's basketball team under under Pat Head, Pat Summit Head. That's how they get to be great. You know, and I know that's a given, easy to understand. They find talent. So if you have that drive to publish a book, to write a book, I, I encourage you to do it, not to look at the numbers and to listen when people tell you, oh, you know what, there's enough books out here. Ain't no sense in you writing one. But you might have <coughs> in you, in you, in you that next Harry Potter. You might have in you that next great, great book that millions of people around the globe attract to and appreciate and learn something from and are inspired by or motivated by or greatly entertained by, that book might be in you. So I, I encourage you for that reason. And if you look at how many literary agents are out here, particularly the reputable literary agents, you'll see there is this great, there is this great still work where people are as a part of their jobs, scouring the internet, scouring, checking out bookstores, and 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 keeping their ear to the to the to the ground with and staying connected with book clubs and editors and publicists. They're looking for that next great book, that talented, and even more than that, I think literary agents are looking for that author who has several great books in them. And that author might be you. And again, if that if that passion to write does not go away, it goes away. I mean, it comes and then you discourage yourself by something that you read about again, one of the things how many books there are on the market or print books are are, are going out or um ebooks, you know, they're going to fade away and you allow that to discourage you. And then you say, well, no, and then the, the thing that pulls you it initially pulled you toward write a book, write a book, goes away, but it comes back. And if that keeps happening, I, again, would encourage you to sit down and write a book. You might have that next great book in you. So what if there if there were a billion books published a year? Is it all, billion, all one billion of those is not going to be that take-off launch, I mean really take-off book. But you, you might have that book in you. So if something inspires you, as Yolanda Adams sang in her song, Never Give Up. If something just keeps telling you to do something, perhaps you would consider doing it, particularly if it's something positive, something that can benefit you, help you to expand and grow, and something that can benefit others. Perhaps you would want to do that. I think that would be a great benefit for you 
a great a great a tremendous benefit for you in in doing that. So uh follow your dreams. But again, literary agents that's their job. They're looking for they're looking for talent. So that's why I keep saying write that book if it's it's something telling you to or whatever something's telling you to do. There are people, there are recruiters at companies all over this world. This is their job. This is all they do. I know you might focus on the unemployment rates and you might say nobody's hiring. Then why are the recruiters still there? You might say you might say uh uh um uh, the economy is is tanked and everything's going down down down. Then why are the recruiters there? Why are companies still paying recruiters? And they get paid attractive salaries, let me tell you. And they're not getting paid attractive salaries just to sit around because the company is never going to hire anybody. No, 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 no. They don't get paid uh, 80000 and up some recruiters a year because the company's never going to hire anybody. You can't really believe that. And and, and companies all over the globe have have recruiters. They're like literary agents. They're like athletic scouts. They're looking for that next great talent. Because one thing about it, uh, and I, I was writing some content for one of my clients, and what they do is they they, they write articles, two, two-pronged. They write the uh, background history, how a company was founded, how it came to be, whether that's given background information on the founders to the early days to the company, to how the company's performing now. And then also a, a sort of a forecast on what what the company appears, where it appears to be headed over the coming years. And other CEOs and chairpersons of major corporations, whether they're publicly or privately owned, they'll read these and they learn from them. And then I was right now writing a series on either products and services that companies launched that just went flat. And these are major companies or major companies that saw their heyday. And, I mean, they were the king of the mountain. And then they dropped off. What causes the drop? And in doing doing the research, I can see. I can see what causes some of the drop. Number one thing, lack of vision. Lack of vision uh, sticking to something that worked, again, if you're a writer and you're trying to get a book published or you want to self-publish a book and you want to get your sales up. One thing I have seen in, in my research on these companies that I want to share with you because I think it will be, may benefit you as you go forward and continue to pursue your own dreams, and I so encourage you to do that because there are people out here and 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 forces out here that will that will work on your behalf that will be on your team that will cheerlead you that will support you that will say keep going keep going keep going so so go after your dreams and when you get discouraged just shake those thoughts away and if you have to cheerlead yourself and i mean if you have to verbally cheerlead yourself do it just like Sporting teams get cheerleaded when they might start losing by 10 points to get them back in the game. Do that for yourself so you can win in the end. Do that for yourself. Do that for yourself and be a strong finisher. But anyway, what I had learned about this research in these companies is that some of them, it's a lack of vision. And I I think that element is present, whether the companies remain viable and strong, but their products and services one or two of them, I mean, just like almost fall off a cliff. Or the company itself begins to struggle immensely. And I've seen this in, in, in what the research I've done so far. The company will have major success in one area. So I'm going to take um, a fictional company, and I will say a company that in the 1970s or late 1970s, if you can remember, and it depends on how old you are, <laughs> I remember this, um, when word processors were very popular and the mini computers were very popular, uh, and I'll give you a company, uh, Wang. It, it, if you can remember when it, it, a lot of the mini computers were created by them, if you can just remember that the the word processors were, were huge 
and 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 this is in the 1970s when because before then computers were mainly used by the military uh and other government entities and major corporations and then years later companies who were in the computer industry and in the computer market they began to sell their computers directly to consumers and i want to say this happened maybe in the maybe late 60s 70s and prior to that, it was to the major corporations, the military, and other government entities that they were selling their products. So you saw these many computers. You saw them in offices and whatnot, and, in, and perhaps in your own home. And word processors were really big back then. Well, there were companies that made billions and billions of dollars during during this heyday for word processors and many computers. Now, we know this today because technology is changing at such a rapid pace today. Technology isn't new. It's been around for a long time. But it's changing so fast now that we know that what's here today, in two two years, it, it, we might not see it. Or it may have really died down. I think about the, 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 the MySpace, how MySpace, everybody talks, talking about MySpace, MySpace, MySpace. All of a sudden, then along comes Facebook. And now it's Facebook and then Twitter. And who knows what it will be. In a couple of years, I remember when Yahoo was one of the dominant search engines. Yahoo and Excite and these type of search engines. Now it's Google. Who knows what it'll be in five to ten years? So that's how fast technology is changing, and I'm sure these companies realize that. But years ago, going back to the '60s, '70s, the '50s, and and and, and the '40s. It changed a lot slower. It would be almost 10 years before you'd see a major shift. Maybe I would say 10, yeah, about a decade before you. It's not that anymore, but it would be about a decade before you saw a major shift. So a company could make billions of dollars selling word processors or their mini computers or whatever product it was they sold back then and almost just lean back because they had a handle on the market. And then, uh, as this is life, my friend. Change comes. It comes in my life. It comes in your life. It comes in our lives. Then change would come. And you could just see a little bitty crumbs of the change coming. Just like you see little drops of crumbs on the floor, on the ground. And you didn't see those crumbs there before. And you know something's changed. Something's different. But you don't know what it is. But you're the king of the mountain. I mean, you're sitting up up in that big chair on the top of the mountain, and you're racking it in. I mean, that money's coming in, billions and billions and billions. But you start to see more of these crumbs. And to you, that's, you're the king of the mountain. These crumbs are like nothing, nothing to you. But they, you'll find out later. So what happens is if you have lack of vision, you don't pay attention to the crumbs. You keep looking to the success that you've had, and you can see it with people in and out of business who've had great success at something. And today they're really living on their past. They're really living on their past because they didn't see the change coming. They didn't see the change coming if they're an athlete. And that they're going to get older, and they're not going to keep being able to do run up down the basketball court or playing football or baseball or whatever sport, soccer, hockey, you name it, that they did for years. And they almost don't see it coming. They almost don't see it coming, and they create a blind spot if their knees start to – they start having problems with their knees more than they used to. They create a blind spot and just tell themselves it happens to everybody. And eventually they, the crumbs become a giant. And if you don't have vision, you won't see that the crumbs are becoming a giant until you're staring in the face of a giant and you're no longer king of the mountain. And that's what ha- happens to companies and that's what happens to individuals. So go after your dreams, but have vision. Have vision. Have vision not only for your writing career, your business, your products, your services, but be aware of what is going on around you rather than to create blind spots and tell yourself, you know, I got this. I've been I've been doing this for so long. I'm so good at this. And I see this in athletes probably more than almost anybody. But when I d- d- 
for this client that I'm working for, I also now see that it happens in the business world. And it's why humongous businesses that were once just ruling a market decades ago, they don't even exist anymore. And you scratch your head and say, how could that be? They had billions of dollars. How could that be? So you, you not, it's not only passion and commitment and dedication to fulfill your dream as Mulliken does in Long Walk Up. It's not just that. You also have to have vision. Vision to be able to continuously encourage. Start looking out in front of where you are. Start looking out in front of where you are. I don't care how successful you are right now. Start looking out in front, in front. Vision. It's like driving a car with your headlights on. If you drove just seeing where the car was right now, you'd probably crash. But with your lights, if it's daytime, use the daylight. At night, your headlights. You always are looking out a little bit further from where you actually, the car actually is. That's how you cover thousands of miles on the road. You just keep looking a little bit further from where you are. That's the same thing toward fulfilling your destiny, toward living a great life. You need that vision. Rather than to say, I'm in such a wonderful spot and nothing's going to move me out of this. I'm the king of the music industry. I'm the king of the of the country music of R and B. I'm the king of, of of jazz. I'm I'm or the queen. I'm the queen of 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 the book publishing. I'm the queen of television. I'm the queen of this. Not and you gotta like driving a car. Keep looking out, looking out a little in front of you. That's how you're gonna keep going further and further down the road. You gotta have vision and not blind spots. And driving is another good example. We know what happens when you look into your blind spot. It's easy to crash because you don't you don't see what's around you. So not only vision for your business, your products, your services, your books, your music, uh, whatever it is you do, your personal life, something that you want in your family or your personal life, whether it has to do with your health or your finances or whatever. Not just vision to see ahead for that, that is excellent, that is awesome, that is amazing for you to do that, for you to have that, and I commend you for that. But also to have vision, like I said, peripheral vision, to see what's going on around you. What is going on around you? Be aware of what is going on around you because you're not an island. None of us is an island. Even if you're in solitary confinement, we're not an island because we have spirits. You're not an island. Nobody is an island. I read a, I heard a story about a woman who was locked up in a bathroom for 10 years. Even then, she's not an island. Nobody is an island. No one, no one. Even if you feel that you are, even that you've been told you are, trust me, friend, you are not alone. There's something out here that is on your side that will support you. But you have to do certain things. Have that vision for your own life to look out like the headlights on the car. Just They just keep looking a little further out from where the car is. And, and, and if you try it, go out at night and try to drive without your headlights on. First of all, you'll probably get a ticket because it's dangerous. And number two, you won't be able to see. You won't be able to see clearly. You'll have to strain. Like you might feel like sometimes you do in your own life. You're straining to see what's ahead. Turn the lights on. Turn the lights on. And you can always see what's a little bit ahead of you, a little bit ahead of you. And it makes the traveling so much easier. So anyway, in the, in this business I, I saw, how could you be on top? How could you be pulling in billions? And I'm talking when the billions that they were making then would be a company making tens of billions today. Like you're making like $50 billion a year. How do you? How does that business fade away? And what happened? The company just was on top of this market, and when personal computers came out, they didn't pay attention. They didn't pay attention. They did not pay attention, and it, it, personal computers literally were, became what consumers wanted. They didn't want these word processors anymore. I mean, who buys those even now, unless they're collecting them? So it just the whole market went away is what I'm saying. The market that the company dominated completely went away. It just went away. And personal computers came along. 
And now desktop computers are pretty much becoming somewhat of dinosaurs. People want thinner, smaller, more mobile devices. So you have to have peripheral vision. Not only vision to see what's going on in your life, but vision to see what is going on around you, what is happening around you, what's happening in your market, what's happening in your industry. You'll need those. If you're an author, you can be extremely talented. One of those writers that literary agents, like Athletic Scout, is looking for. You have in you ten great books, ten great books that a 100 years from now people will read and be talking about. Books that will outlive you from 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 this physical perspective, because we're eternal beings. So from your physical experience, they'll be here longer, and other people will be enjoying them. Years and years and years to come. Maybe you have ten of those books in you. Maybe you have twenty of those great books in you. You're the one. You're the one. And the literary agent is looking for you. And you might start off a little rough. And they have to polish you up, and you have to work with editors and strengthen your writing skills, and become more solid at whatever it is you do, whether it's in business. Maybe your first few years are like, if you're a business person like Colonel Sanders, who created Kentucky Fried Chicken, you just have one flop after the next, until, but you never give up. Again, as that Yolanda Adams song says, never give up. If something inside of you says keep going. Fifth business, Colonel Sanders, Kentucky Fried Chicken, he figures i got to get where the traffic is. Be aware of what's going on around you. Inside himself, he knew I can't quit. I've got, I've got in me the ingredients for a successful recipe. He knew that. I know this can work. That's his inner vision, the headlights. But he had to have peripheral vision too. So he had to read what's going on around me. Where are where are the people who would buy my product? Well, I gotta get close to highways. I gotta get close to roadways where I can get hungry travelers to pull in and buy my food. So he did, and Kentucky Fried Chicken took off. Vision, inner vision, I can't quit. I can't give up. I've got a recipe. Do I have to hone it? Do I have to work harder on honing my craft? And as an artist, you can always hone your craft. And what's going on around me? What's going on around me? Where should I place my business? Uh, what, 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 how should I design my website? What type of colors should I use? What, how, what type of content should I put on my site? Should I should I also enhance uh, my platform with a blog uh, and have guest bloggers write articles? So I have several different voices coming out on my blog. Uh, should I also use radio? Should I use should I go in and do some type of advertising? How should I strengthen my platform? Should I also do some public speaking to broaden and expand my platform? you got to have vision for your, your business. And also, what what's going on around me? What markets are evolving and a part of evolving? That means some market is going away, like the word processor example I gave, and some new market is emerging the personal computers did. One is going away. So what's going on around me? What's going away? What's evolving? Something's going away. Some old thoughts, some old beliefs, some old fears, old patterns, they're going away. And some new courageous ideals are emerging in me. If ever, you know, you're evolving. <laughs> you're alive. You're evolving. So, so what's happening? What's happening in me? What's happening around me? And you have to be aware that at all times, because life is a moving thing, and it's always changing. Things are always changing, so you have to be aware. What's going on inside of me? What's going on around me? And from a personal experience and a business experience, just to solely concentrate on yourself, as this company did, you could be uh, not seeing the crumbs becoming a giant. So you also have to be aware of what's going on around you as well. And so uh, I encourage you to do that. And then your reputation. You always want to uh, um, not promise things, even if it will put your business or you in the spotlight for a while. You don't want to promise things that you aren't confident that you can deliver on. 
by continuously telling people you're going to have a a new book or a new CD out, and then you never you never bring it out. If you keep doing that, then you lose. You might erode the trust that consumers have in you, and they won't support your products anymore. So you want you want you want to do what you say you're going to do. Uh, and as as a as a writer, again, if you're trying to go through a mainstream or traditional publisher, I recommend working with a literary agent. And th- this is the reason I recommend it. You don't need a literary agent. I want to say that first of all. It's not necessary. You don't need it. Which came, What came first, the literary agent or the author? The author. <laughs> the author came first. That, trust me. So you you don't need one. You don't need it because you don't need a literary agent to write a great book. You don't. But if you have a literary agent in today's market, again, the peripheral vision thing, what's going on around you, there are so many authors vying for editors and publishers' attention. And there's there's so many different books on the market in, in, in the various genres, mystery, romance, so on and so forth, sci-fi, so on and so forth. So many different books in these genres. And each publisher, publishers, publish certain types of books because they have figured they have uh, expertise in certain markets. Some publishers only publish romance, Harlequin. They mainly publish romance. Some publishers mainly publish science fiction. They they've got that market down because even in the book publishing world, these genres it's different. The readers the readers themselves have different expectations. Likes and dislikes, so you have to market to each of them differently. So uh, 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 a publicist, I mean a literary agent, they know they a good literary agent, a good reputable literary agent. And before you work with a literary agent, always get client recommendations. It, it, it doesn't hurt for you to care for yourself, to make sure that you're not making a poor decision. Rather than assume everybody's going to do the right thing, just ask. Just ask some of their clients, some of their previous clients about, and that's with anybody. It doesn't never hurts for you to care for yourself. It never hurts. And so, um, uh, um, literary agents. So their job is to keep up with the pulse of the book publishing industry. As an author, our job is to write a great book. So. The, the 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 agent is do, taking care of that piece, and they may spend hours and hours a day on the phone, going to lunch with different publishers, various publishers, knowing what the publisher is looking for. The publisher tells them, "I'm looking for uh, historical romance right now. We think we're going to print uh, maybe ten of those this year, and we're really going to push them hard." If you don't write, if if you write historical romance and you get with that literary agent, they know the right publisher to help you get to, rather than you going through different literary directories and going on the internet and searching to see and sending out tons of books and spending money on postage, hoping that you find the right publisher who's looking for what what you write. The literary agent can help you with a snap of a finger. They already know. They can save you. Hours, days, weeks, months, years of work. So that's one thing about a literary agent. And then they also are familiar with contracts. They've seen so many of them. They know a good one when they see it. And you might it might be the first time you've seen a contract. And it might be the hundredth time they've seen one. So they know a good contract as soon as they see it. And then also, uh, before you sign a contract, you might want to run it past an entertainment attorney, which we've had one on on off the shelf, Tanya Marie Evans. Uh, she's she's very she's good. She actually now teaches. She's a professor. She teaches law at I think it's uh, Widener University in Pittsburgh. Their 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 school of law, but to look, get a literary agent just to look over it, and I mean an entertainment attorney just to look over over your contract. And if you're going to do a movie contract first, hooray for you! Second. And I hope I'll be glad when that day comes for me. But second, I would definitely recommend an entertainment attorney who has ex- experience uh, with uh, screenplay, movie contracts, to look that over for you. 
to look it over for you. Because, again, these people you're working with, you're signing deals with, they may have done this hundreds of thousands of times. And if it's your first time, you know who the novice in the room is. (laughs) Get somebody who's experienced to look it over for you because they can tell you whether, you know, you might want to change this. This right here is and take this clause out. Uh, Let's just edit and revise this clause a little bit here in the contract because once you signed it, it's binding. For however many years the contract, uh, it states that it's good for. If it says indefinitely, don't sign it without having an expense attorney. Look, look it over. I highly recommend that. But I also don't recommend signing contracts that that have indefinite dates on them. Um, so, so those are just uh, some things that will help you. But mainly, I want to encourage you. Uh, don't get discouraged if something's telling you to do something. I don't care if there are a gazillion books on the market, a gazillion CDs on the market. People appreciate good music. They appreciate a good story, a good poem. They appreciate uh, uh, great art, uh, a good business product. Uh, should 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 uh, Apple or or some of these other companies in the electronics industry say, you know, I'm not going to do that. There's already so many computers out there. I can't compete with the IBMs and whatnot. Or do they go ahead and listen to that inner vision, those headlights, and create that next great product? So don't don't let yourself be discouraged when you hear about how many books are on the market because none of those books on the market is the book that's with, that's inside of you. And then the next thing that that I want to encourage you, again, getting a literary agent, uh, having an entertainment attorney look over a a contract. If you you don't have experience in that, rather than putting all your trust in somebody else, care for yourself, care for yourself. And then also having that vision, that inner vision, those headlights and peripheral vision, being aware of, What's going on around you? Not just what's going on in your business, but what's going on in the market? What's going on in the industry? And uh, then we can help. You may help yourself avoid some catastrophes by just having that good peripheral vision and not allowing yourself to have blind spots where you see those crumbs on the floor, where you see something that's shifted or changed, but because you don't want it to have changed, you just tell yourself, nah, nah, nah. And it just crumbs on the floor. Nothing's changing, but it is. <laughs> but it is. You keep seeing more and more and more and more crumbs. Something's happening. So so, so, uh, have enough courage to accept what is there and that things might be evolving, something going away. And it could be something in you going away, something in your business going away. You may decide to close down uh, division in your business. Major corporations do it. You may decide to shut down something, uh, uh, shut, just discontinue a product. You may decide to discontinue a service while some a new product or service at your company emerges, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I, also uh, another thing that I, I find uh, helpful, and, I, and, and in my research, again, work that I've done with clients and doing interviews for almost eight years in print and uh, uh, in audio through the radio, um, I have found that it it helps to have multiple products, not just one product that you lean on. And then as as things evolve, you start crossing your fingers and your toes, hoping that things don't change and that you continue to, to stay at the top where you are because things are going to change. Things are going to change. I mean, if a dinosaur could evolve... Certainly, we must know that we we will evolve as well. So things do go away, and then new things emerge. So not the crossing of the fingers and the toes, but continue to emerge with new products and new services. Uh, as an author, emerging with new books. As a musician, emerging with with new new music. Uh, so when people stop buying the old music that once was a hit, and it happens. <laughs> You have something new to present, so you always stay out there with those headlights on and good peripheral vision. So I encourage you uh, to do that. And then also, and I started hearing about this from an author by the name of Maxine Thompson, and she's going to be on an upcoming uh, episode here of Off the Shelf 
over the coming probably next few maybe two months. Uh, I I I love her book, The Ebony Tree. It's one of my all time favorites. That and Nicole Titus is akin to no one. Nicole T- Titus, akin to no one, and Maxine Thompson, The Ebony Tree. They're like two of my all time, and I and I read a I've read probably thousands of books by great great authors. They're two of my favorites up there with the best of the best, the household name authors. I love those two books. Again, Akin to No One by Nicole Titus. Oh, that book just so moved me. And The Ebony Tree by Maxine Thompson. But Maxine has started saying a couple of years ago the importance of having multiple streams of income because, again, life evolves and things go away and things emerge. We see it when we our loved ones transition, and then new babies are born. That is just life. It happens to animals. It happens to insects. It happens to birds. It happens. It happens. It happens to businesses. Things go away and things emerge. So if you have that good vision, those headlights on, and that good peripheral uh, to see what's going on in the market, you can see that something's going away and something's emerging. And if you just keep uh, your headlights on. And don't create these blind spots for yourself. You should just keep going forward, which is awesome. So anyway, she talked about the multiple streams of income so that you're not just relying on one source of income. And even if you work for an employer, you can do that. You can do that by if you if you have a passion, you can start selling some of your paintings. You can uh, create e-books. You can uh, uh, um, maybe you do something part-time. You you can and then you have two streams of income, and then perhaps it's you 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 come out with some hats. And I'm looking at these baseball caps as I'm talking in my office that my son has up on top of my file cabinet, which is why I said hats. You can maybe come out with hats or T-shirts or mugs or or or, or something. Maybe you maybe you do business cards and you do them in such a way that they have some type of electronic capability where you can just you can put them into a computer. Maybe one day computers will be like this, where you can put them into computers and they scan immediately and just upload right away on on into email or into a website or some type of a, of a web-based document so you can share it with other people, which is an idea. <laughs> and 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 you can do that, uh, but multiple multiple streams of income. And the one of the easiest ways to do that is just when ideals come to you. Consider them. And when ideals come to you, act on some of them. Act on some of them. Instead of doing the same thing over and over, if you do the same thing over and over and over and expect change, I think it was Albert Einstein who said that's really insanity, the definition of insanity. But also because life is moving, it's just so so awesomely glorious. You can see it with the change in the seasons. When summer's here, it seems like summer's going to always be here. And then you start to see the leaves fade and you realize, nope, that's not the way it goes. So so uh, 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 to do the same thing over and over and over is almost like creating blind spots, not wanting to accept that things are evolving and great things are emerging. Great things are emerging you look back over history, some things that they hadn't changed wouldn't be a good thing. You think of, of things that happened during World War II. You think of slavery. If these things hadn't evolved and changed, so it's not. It's a. It's a, actually a good thing. You say goodbye to old ways, and some people want some of the old ways of the 40s and 50s. Even you hear it in some po- politicians as we go toward the um, presidential election here in the United States later this year. Uh, you hear some people longing for those olden days. Some people almost like longing for the dinosaurs to come back. They're gone. They're gone. And you have to emerge. And it's one of the struggles that some of us go through as we reach the second half of our life and we turn 50 or 60. You realize that 20s and teens, they're gone. <laughs> come bye-bye, see ya. And you're emerging into a glorious, glorious second half of your physical experience. And I say go into it. Keep those headlights on. Keep your vision. Keep your peripheral vision. Don't ignore what you see around you. 
so you don't become like a dinosaur. You know, you once ruled a market that changed like all markets do. A market that changed. You didn't want to accept the change you saw because you got so comfortable. It was so easy for you just to sell those products and services. But everything changed. The consumer's appetite changed. Technology changed. This is a good thing. These things changed around you. But you you, you had gotten comfortable uh, making money the way you did, and you didn't want to evolve. And maybe you started driving without your headlights on So because uh, you just got into a routine and your life just became a pattern. So so so, so generally our inner inner guy, inner self will start to get bored or frustrated and let us know, turn the headlights on, kid. It's time to go forward. Turn the headlights on. It's time to go forward. So I, I encourage you to do the same. And again, as authors, literary age, you want to find ways to cut down on the amount of time it takes you to get what you want. Literary agents, they have the... They have reputable ones, and I keep saying that because there are little agents out here who are not reputable, and they just take your money and run. But reputable literary agents, and you want to get recommendations and start asking around, and the Internet is another wonderful tool. You can just start emailing people and asking around and know not to pay an administrative fee or a reading fee to a literary agent. Reputable literary agents do not charge that. That's not how they earn their money. So you 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 you, you get... Uh, Ways to cut down your time, a literary agent. So you don't have to go out searching, searching, searching for a publisher. A publicist can help you to promote your book. And as one of our recent uh, prior guests that we had on here in 2012 said, if you don't have the money to put up front for a publicist, because some of them are pricey, you can, of course, negotiate that price down. But you can also tell a literary agent, I'm going to pay you for results. I'm marketing my own books. You say, if I don't see an increase in myself or in the numbers of interviews I get, uh, whether they're print, online, radio, television, what have you, satellite radio, or if I don't see an increase in query increase from book clubs, <laughs> sorry, kid, I'm not. You know, you don't get paid. You didn't do anything. <laughs> but if I do see increases. I'll pay you. I'll give you 10%. I'll give you 10% of the increase in my book sales. My book sales increase, I'll give you 10% of that increase. Pay for performance. So a lot of people are starting to do that rather than hire a publicist and spend ten, twenty, or more thousand dollars, and you don't sell one more book. So uh, uh, care for yourself. Be smart. And, and put turn those headlights on as we come down to the last two minutes of today's Off the Shelf. And be flexible, as I have learned to do here at Off the Shelf Radio. <laughs> if guests don't show up, I don't know why. God bless them. I'm always gracious, and I mean that sincerely. I mean that sincerely. Because I know every guest that we schedule on the show is an awesome and amazing person. And I don't know if something in the communication wires got crossed. That, that, that That's why I guess sometimes it doesn't show up. But be flexible. Be creative. Be aware of what's going on around you. Keep your headlights on. And be willing to change at the drop of a dime. So that if something doesn't go the way you had planned for it to, because this is not the way I planned for today's show to go. I plan to be interviewing a, a guest today. You can keep it moving, and we did that here at Off the Shelf today, and we're coming down to the last 90 seconds of today's show, and I thank the good Lord for a a creative mind. (laughs) I thank the Lord for a creative mind. I thank myself for being open and continue to move forward, and I thank you for being here with us today here on Off the Shelf. Please tell your friends, your family, your colleagues, tune in to Off the Shelf on Saturdays, At 11 o'clock in the morning, I will always give you value. Always, always, always. You will never come here and not get that, ever. And and, and tune in next week when we have another awesome guest that we will bring to you, and they can give you value and tips and advice so you can keep moving forward as you keep those headlights on and keep that peripheral vision 
working, and I so look forward to seeing you at the top. Please look forward to my new book, Love Pour Over Me. I'll let you know here off the shelf when it launches, and go get a copy. I'm telling you, an e-book, you're only going to pay $4.99 for it. That's all for a long walk up, less than $5. Go get a copy today. And you can also order a copy at com or e-book it, E-B-O-O-K-I-T dot com. You can get any of my books at e-book it, Portia, $2.99. My goodness. Long walk up, $4.99 or Spiral seven ninety five and Love Pull Over Me will be out there in ebook in just a few weeks. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here with us this Saturday, January twenty eighth at Off the Shelf. As I always tell you, friend, you are so amazing. You are so amazing, and I'm not just saying that. You are so incredibly valued. You're awesome. Go and create a fabulous day for yourself. See you here next Saturday, eleven o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bye for now. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.